Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we have a great episode for you today. But before we dive in, I want to share one more of our reviews. You guys have been so gracious in sharing your reviews to spread the message of the Naked Marriage Podcast and to encourage other marriages. And we just want to thank you. So today's review is from Mrs. T3ACH3R. And it's entitled Eye Opening, and this person or the, this woman gave us five stars. So thank you. It says, This podcast has helped me see so much about myself and my marriage. I've realized I'm not always right. LOL. Such applicable advice you're giving. And although you don't consider yourselves marriage experts, you clearly have a calling on your life to help others have a better quality marriage. Thank you for answering the call. Well, that's so sweet. Thank you. My goodness. That's thank really you so sweet. much. And um, if you want to leave a review, guys, you just go to Apple podcasts and you leave your review there, even if you're listening somewhere else, that's the best place to leave it because that's how we get the word out about the podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate those reviews. They mean a lot to us. And you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, We haven't said it lately, but... That's right. You can watch. You can watch. You can watch us here live from the marriage capital of Of the the world, world. South Lake, Texas, where the XO Marriage headquarters is being built as we speak. Yes. And so we'll have a brand new podcast studio in there. But even so now, excited. the XO office is right here in South Lake, Texas, which makes it the marriage capital of the world. That's right. Okay, guys, this might be one that you would rather watch than listen to because the topic is what to do when you're too tired for sex. And Dave is just kind of tired today. So <laughs> I'd love for you to see tired Dave. Um, tired Dave. So the, the topic is fitting. Um, it I'm, is fitting. I'm summoning the energy. Because I am excited to have this conversation because it's important and a lot of folks are in this boat and they're, I get it, you know, when you're, um, you know, maybe working busy schedules, you're raising kids, you got a lot going on and you get to the end of the day and it's like, I'd like to make love, but I'm just too tired for sex. Or uh, maybe there's a frustration point because you are are the one in the marriage that's like, I'm never too tired for sex. As long as I have a pulse, I'm going to have enough (laughs) energy to have sex, but my spouse they always act like they're too tired for sex. And this this hurts me. It's like a personal rejection. And I feel like when you say you're too tired, you're saying everything else in the day was worth me giving my energy to, and you are not. And it doesn't, I know they don't mean it that way, but that's how it feels, especially in a moment of rejection and sexual frustration. And this becomes a contention point that a lot of couples get stuck on when you get to the end of the day uh, and one spouse, maybe both, but but often it's just kind of one that consistently just is like, oh, I'm just, 
I'm too tired, maybe tomorrow. And it's like they're hitting the snooze button on their sex life over and over, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And it just isn't happening nearly as much as it should, and certainly not nearly as much as that higher drive spouse would desire it. Um, And then when you get out of the habit of doing it because you're too tired, then it becomes easier to just not want to do it at all after a while. And so it can create some negative habits. We talk about a lot of this in the Counterfeit Climax book, um, which comes out this coming week. Whoop, whoop. What? I mean, we're almost there. Like, we are in the home stretch. It's still not too late to um, jump on the pre-order perks. If you go to thecounterfeitclimax.com, um, you can get in on the pre-order, and you can actually have access to it through the through pre-ordering, some, some exclusive resources that go along with it that you can start reading right now. But man, I think this book could help um, in your sex life. But in our conversation today, we're going to keep it focused on what do you do when you're too tired for sex. That's right. You know, we hear from so many people about this where, and it it is, it's different things. Like, for example, I know for me, when I can relate to this the most is probably after having children, because there is just no tired, like after having a baby tired, you know? And, um, and, you know, the first six weeks, you technically are not supposed to be having intercourse. And so for a lot of people that, you know, that we're the most tired, you can't really even have sex, but, um, you know, even afterwards it goes on for a while, like you're exhausted and that's not just for women, but the men too. No, I've been tired for 16 and a half straight years. That's how long I've been a parent and I've, I've never recovered. I know. Parent tired. (laughs) You know, they say dog tired. I say parent tired. Parent tired, yeah. Because, I mean, it is. It's exhausting in the most beautiful way, right? We love being moms and dads. We love it, yeah. But, you know, I do remember... Uh, I remember when we hit the six week point and you go to the doctor and they give you the go ahead. And I literally came home and Dave had the goofiest grin on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And I'm always, and he's like, what the doctor say? And I'm like, "Um, but I'm going to be honest. We usually had sex before I actually saw Dr. McDonough. And I, and then he would ask me, he'd said, you already did and didn't he already did it. Didn't you? Well, it wasn't like, like if I was healed, if you were, no, I mean like, I mean like, Five and a half weeks or something. You know, I wasn't in the hospital. Like I'm just being honest Moments here. after labor, like, how are you feeling, baby? <laughs> no. You need no. more company in that hospital bed? No. That's, that's not nice. No. No, it wasn't anything like that. No, it, I it just was, mean like you... Six weeks is an arbitrary number. You know, it might as tired as we might were. Be shorter, but you, you know, after like, it might be a little over five weeks and you're, you were like, you know, I'm feeling good. I feel like I'm, I'm fine. Right. And, and again, like... That's just disclosure, but for most people, it's six or more weeks, especially if they had an episiotomy and if they had any kind of trauma down there. Obviously, please do not like listen to your doctor's orders. That is the wise thing to do. I'm just being honest about me having to admit to my doctor. She just couldn't stay away from me is the thing. Like she she was willing to risk injury. (laughs) That is not true. That is not true. Could not stay off of me. Oh my gosh. Well, let me just say, That's probably not exactly this all. is completely taking a different turn here. So back to if you're too tired to have sex. So yeah, we might've done it before the actual six week mark, but then there would be, you know, longer periods of time than we're used to because I would be like exhausted or you would be like from waking up in the middle of the night. I was usually nursing our kids. If I wasn't nursing, Dave was waking up and changing our kids. And it was just like, both of us were kind of zombies there for a while. And even though you know, it's like, you know, you want to have sex, you know, or, and, or that you even need to, maybe, you know, that there's a need for that, but we can sometimes get to the point where 
physically, we are just exhausted. And it becomes that whole thing between like, I know for women, especially for most women, we have to be in a mental space to really enjoy sex. You know, yes, we can go through the motions and not it not be really a mutually satisfying experience necessarily where both are going to reach a climax of some kind. But, you know, if we're both going to enjoy it, like I know for me personally, and I hear this from a lot of the, of the women that write us, there you kind of have to have a mental space where you can have enough things kind of out of the way, so to speak, with sleep being one of them, like that you're rested enough to kind of be in that romantic space of your mind. Yeah, sure. And um, and I do remember in those years of raising young kids and has having babies that I would tell you that sometimes I'd say, listen, can we wait until this time of day? Like this is the time of day where right now in this season of nursing babies, I know I'm the baby's going to be asleep and I'm going to have had a nap. And I'm going to feel a little bit better. And you were so gracious during that time to 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 kind of, because I was the one getting, tending to get up a little bit more than you. I mean, you'd get up too, but I would be up a little bit more because I was nursing the kids. And and you would graciously say, yes, of course, you know, I know I need you to be at your best. And I think the key to this, which we've done well sometimes and then other times we've not done well. I'm not saying we always did this the right way, but the times that, that we were kind of really listening to each other and honoring each other's wishes were those times we really could enjoy it together. And, um, and I just want to say like, if that's you, maybe it's raising young kids right now, like you just had a baby, or maybe it's work that a really busy season of work, whatever it is, communication is key. You've got to really talk to your spouse and say, listen, I'm not trying to give you a cold shoulder. I'm not trying to deny your needs. I want this to be a priority in our marriage, but physically I am just exhausted. And so can we maybe change up when we tend to make love, like maybe we just like maybe on your lunch break, you come home and I come home and that's when we do it because we're going to have energy because nighttime yeah. right now I'm like dead. You know, I'm not, I'm just, my mind is, is exhausted and I can't even really, I can't even be in the, in the mood, so to speak. Yeah. And just helping each other be at your best is not only a, a recipe for a good sex life, but good marriage in general It's yes. saying like, how can I serve you instead of just being focused on your own needs, like, oh man, I'm, I, you know, I really just, I, I need to have sex right now and I don't care how my spouse is feeling, but to take a step back from your own immediate need in your mind, what feels immediate and saying, how can I serve my spouse right now? Um, and if both spouses will do that, if both spouses will take on that, that serving mindset, mm -hmm. um, it's going to help all the needs within the marriage to be met. And if you are feeling too tired for sex, it's like, let's, Figure out like, okay, right now we're in a busy season and, but let's not just like, let this be an excuse to have like 10 years of hardly any sex because right. there's a 10 year busy season when you're, you know, raising young kids. So let's figure out how to reorder our schedule to where both of us can feel like we're getting the rest we need. Right. We're both, you know, having sexual connection and intimacy and frequency that all those needs are being met. And maybe there's some things that we're doing right now that we need to stop doing. Maybe there are some things on the calendar we need to remove that aren't bad things. We just don't have time for it. We don't have any margin and we've got to eliminate it. Maybe there's some things we could do to up our energy level if we yes. exercised more or if uh, we were, you know, changing some things of how we were even eating, like just to be at our best. And, you know, like for me, I feel like I've, I've had to constantly tinker with things to mm -hmm. try to be at my best energy wise, you know, with a, a thyroid condition that affects my energy and you know, I'm, I'm always trying to exercise and figure out what works. I'm taking supplements all the time. Right now, at this very moment, even for my last blood test, my testosterone is really low, um, which really impacts energy and 
sex drive and even like sexual performance. And, and so like, like I'm just out of whack. And so I've had to figure out and I'm in the process of figuring out kind of how to, how to get all that leveled out and, and Ashley's so patient and encouraging with me in that. Um, but you and your spouse have to just encourage each other to figure here, this, this maybe you need to talk to a doctor. Maybe you should try this. Mm-hmm. What can I do to serve you? What can I do to help you? Not to try to parent them and tell them what they have to do, but to just encourage them and serve them and say, I just want you to be at your best. And maybe if you tried this, or maybe if you talked to a doctor, got some blood work done, there might be something that could be modified and changed fairly simply that, that would help you with your energy level. And just do those things. But when you just say, no, this is just how I am now, and this is how it's going to be, then you're not serving your spouse. And you're really, you're not even helping yourself because you're settling for something far less than your best. Right. So you just have to keep at it. And, I, and I'm saying this as somebody that's kind of like in that journey right now. I mean, it's it's not something you figure out one time and never have to do again. Like we, we say monitor and adjust a lot on here. You have to monitor where things are right now and then make adjustments accordingly. And what works right now might not be working a year from now. And you have to you have to keep making those adjustments. Absolutely. And and I think, gosh, I, I love how Dave is talking about that because the truth is maybe you're listening to this and you haven't had that season yet. Like maybe you haven't had a tired season yet, but you will. Like this is just, you whether yeah. you have children or not, regardless of your job, just aging life circumstances, responsibilities changing, you're going to have a season. So just be ready. I hope that you still listen to this till the end because we can all learn something from it. I mean, I know that our kind of tired isn't as tired as somebody else's kind of tired. You know, we have friends where not only are they raising young children, but they're also caring for aging parents and having busy jobs. Now that's tired. Like, yeah. And I just, my heart goes out to him. Like, that's tired because it's like, what do they call it? The sandwich generation where oh, you're, yeah, you're, you're squeezed. You're squeezed. I mean, you are. And so there's all these things vying for our attention. And that's why we always talk about on here, intentionality is key. We've got to be intentional. And that's where it may take writing it down on a calendar so that you can make sure you're ready for it and saying like, okay, we've committed. And again, the number's going to be different for everybody. So please don't take this as some recipe that we're putting out there because this is going to be between you and your spouse, your individual needs and your goals for your marriage. But you know, maybe let's say your goal is to have sex twice a week. Put it on the calendar and then make sure that you're ready for that. You know, make sure, make sure that you get enough rest that day. Make sure that you have a nap that day if you can, like, or, or that you, you know, maybe if you're not like that day, you're like, you didn't get enough rest that morning. Um, and you're like, my energy is going to be better at lunchtime. Call your spouse, say, listen, can we meet at lunch at the house? And like, let's, let's make it a priority now. Afternoon delight. Afternoon delight, right? That's like your favorite, right? Just like the song. So Uh, (laughs) afternoon delight. It's from like the (laughs) seventies. I mean, I don't even know if I was alive. You know all the words. Don't even act like you don't. Well, it is a classic. (laughs) Um, But, you know, be willing to communicate. But I feel like putting it on the calendar, and I know you guys, some of you are rolling your eyes right now, like, Ashley, you in the calendar. But you guys, when we put stuff on the calendar, we tend to prioritize it. And so put it on the calendar. You don't have to actually write sex on it if you have kids and you want them to vomit in their mouth because they can read and know what that is. Don't do that. But like, just you guys put something where you know what it is, you know to prepare for it. That's the key. And and then if there is something that comes up that day and you do need to monitor and adjust, the key is communication. But I want to talk about kind of, I want to shift this conversation a little bit and talk about maybe maybe actually being tired 
isn't the issue. Maybe saying you're tired is the is the excuse that's given. Dude. And it's kind of that, you know, that people make fun of this all the time. You see it in movies, you see it in memes. Oh, she's tired. I'm so tired. Like all of a sudden she's tired and she has a headache. I, it's I, always the girl too. So they always have the woman doing this. I, our pastor years ago named Wayne Smith, who was like the funniest pastor. He's passed. God he's rest his soul, he's yes. in heaven. But he would always always tell funny stories and jokes. And he had his funny voice and he would say, you know, from the, he'd, he'd say these in sermons. Like, even if it had nothing to do with the sermon, he would just say, like, these funny stories. He goes, so this feller walks into his bedroom and his wife's laying there. And he talked just like He that. talked just, yeah, it's like such a good His wife's laying there and he uh, hands her a couple aspirin. And she says, what's the aspirin for? And he said, it's for your headache. She said, I don't have a headache. And he said, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> And then he'd laugh at his own joke. <laughs> like, because it seems to be the, the like, headache or the he was too like tired. Preemptively yeah. trying to deal with her excuse. And so, but that is kind of the stereotypical. Oh, I'm tired. I have a headache or whatever. And and maybe a person does, but a lot of times it's it's a lot more than that. And, right. And, and the, there's a deeper issue of why they just, one spouse is disengaged or not wanting to. Right. And we talk a lot about this again in the counterfeit climax, you know, the, the reasons that hold people back, the mindsets, the, all of the different things that can hold people back from really experiencing sexual intimacy and its fullness, um, and then how to resolve that. But but just as a little kind of brief preview, what are some of the ways to get past that? I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the, the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or ten bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. 
cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. Well, I think you have to, if it, if it becomes something that happens consistently, and in all truth, this can be men or women giving this, this excuse, so to speak. And so, it, you know, it might be legit sometimes, so please don't misunderstand me. But if this is something that is constantly a reason given for not having sex, it needs to be addressed. And you need to say, listen, I love you, but I'm, I'm concerned. Like, I, I feel like every time I, I, you know, approach the issue of wanting to be intimate you say you're too tired. And, um, but then I find you, you know, up late on your phone and I, I thought you were tired. And so I think it's probably more than that. And I just want to talk to you about that. Is there something I'm doing that is turning you off? Is there something I've done that you haven't forgiven me for because I didn't even know I needed to seek your forgiveness? Is there something that's just off-putting about me? Or is this time of day not a good time of day for you? You know, not accusing them, but just kind of reckoning, you know, saying like, yeah, I recognize. You have no drive. Yeah. Like, are you just- like what's going on? Yeah. Because it, it, and it could be, you know, odds are it may not be anything to having to do with you. But when we can kind of ask from that standpoint and say, what can I do? Is there something within my control that I can help remedy this situation, it's disarming. And they don't feel, you know, accused. And then if they say no, none of that, and they'd say, well, have you ever thought that maybe, maybe, you know, your levels are off with your hormones or, um, you know, maybe, maybe that there's, there's some other kind of issue like that could be affecting you. Cause let's get it checked out because I feel like, um, that this is coming in between us. Like this is, this is coming, this is becoming an issue and I care about you. And it's not, you know, you're not approaching them from the standpoint of like, you're making me starve out here. Okay. But you're saying, I care about you. And, and I want, I want us to feel that closeness that sex brings us and it's, we're not having it as much anymore. And so what can I do to help you to, to find out how we can, you know, remedy this, this issue. So good. And that, that kind of honest, vulnerable conversation uh, can really help, help you get there. And so and not just get there sexually, but I'm talking right. about get there to a place of unity in your marriage because your marriage is more than just your sex life. Your sex life is a big part of it, but it's much more than that. You want right. to be connected on every level, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and meeting each other's needs. And and if there are any issues to address them and, and work through them together. And so right. keep having those conversations. All right. It's time for our question. That's right. And... I, I love this time of the podcast. Thank you guys for those who submit these questions at nakedmarriagepodcast.com. And also for those who write questions to us on Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willis or on Facebook, we, we love hearing from you. And today's question says this, do I tell my spouse about an ongoing attraction to someone we both have a relationship with at church? Do I stick it out and wait for my feelings to change or do we need to leave our church? I've distanced myself as much as possible from this person and prayed about it. I wish I didn't feel the way that I do. Hmm. Great, great question. Um, You know, here's the deal. Like, attraction is not the same as lust. So lust is a sin. Lust is when we take an attraction. You know, somebody walks by, you can recognize that's an attractive person. Um, You know, Shanti Feldon has some great insights on this in some of her writings uh, about how, you know— just recognizing, hey, that's an attractive person. I could be watching a movie. That's a yeah. that's an attractive person. I can recognize that. You know, I can feel a sense of attraction to them, and that's just a normal human response. Um, 
but where it turns into sin is when we allow that tra- attraction to kind of take root in our mind and develop into into fantasies that we willingly um, we willingly play out. We mm-hmm. willingly are like lusting after this person, imagining, right. you know, like willfully imagining a life with this person. When it's somebody we know, it's not just like a celebrity on screen. Um, then feeling that connection to somebody, it is something that you have to be mindful of. You know, I know a pastor who he and his w- wife kind of have like a code language they've developed around this, where, uh, you know, he'll say if there's somebody that he feels like that he just kind of has that that connection to, and they're in his world in a way that he can't totally avoid them, um, he'll tell his wife, uh, this this is not a safe person for me. And like, I just, you know, need, I'm going to do my, my best to just kind of not be around this person but I just, you know, want you to know this is not like a safe person. I don't know that that's the answer. That's just an right. example. Um, but I, I think in my mind, um, I, I feel like a husband and wife on one hand should have no secrets. I think you should be able to talk about anything. And if this is something that's like plaguing you, you know, you should talk about it. On the other hand, I think that there's a big difference between deception and discretion. And I think with discretion, there might be some wisdom and not every time you see somebody that's attractive, you'd be like, hey, I find her attractive. Hey, she, I find her attractive. <laughs> right, I find, right. I'm sorry, I find her attractive. You know, yeah. and you, or her doing the same for you. Um, so there, that line between like, you know, not wanting to ever deceive your spouse, but also wanting to be discreet and not wanting to just draw attention to things that aren't really an issue, but could be an issue by planting seeds of doubt in your spouse's mm, mind. Yeah. And those are things to be mindful of. So I want to commend you, first off, for writing this question, for just confessing, like, I don't want anything to sabotage my marriage. Uh, and if this is something that could, I want to get out in front of it. Um, and he's willing to do anything, including talk to his wife about it, leave the yeah. church about it. But you're doing the wise things by, you know, distancing yourself as much as possible from this person and praying about it. Those are really good steps. Um, you know, I I think that you're on the right path there, but but coming back to your specific answer, what do you think, my love? Man, I, I, I know we've shared the safe person thing before, and I'll just be honest with you all, that would hurt my heart. Like I I that's not our dynamic. You right. Know? Yeah, we don't we like, don't do that. That like, would hurt my heart. Because I would be like crushed. Because, know, just being honest. Yeah, and I think Because I'd be like, Oh gosh, he's thought about now, this person. And now you're putting that thought in your, yeah. your your spouse's head. And so I think, you know, we Again, it's not maybe that that might work for some couples. It might work for some. some it depends couples. on the couple. But if somebody comes in, you're just like, oh, you know, that's that's a person that I find myself like attracted to, or I feel like a connection. And uh, you're a human being; you're going to feel that sometimes. But every right. time, like telling your spouse is going to more likely than make them trust you more. It's going to make them feel diminished in the fact that. So, I I would would say, you know I'm sorry I've cut you off. But no, no, no. It's it's hard. This is it's, hard. Yeah, it's because difficult. I don't think it's a one size fits all. And again, we want, I mean, this whole podcast is about not having secrets. And, and so you definitely don't let this become this big wedge between you, this big secret. But I think the fact that he's writing us, it's more than just, I find that woman attractive. I feel like, um, and I feel like it's a guy. I don't know why from reading that, but I don't know if he identified whether or not. I think, yeah, it was, he a, said a man. Uh, I think okay. it was a man talking about his a wife. woman at okay. church. So it's like, I, I think that. I really feel like if you, okay, thank you. We're looking at the question again. I feel like if he's saying, I wish I didn't feel the way I do, he's having feelings. Oh, well, actually it doesn't say if it's a man or a woman. Oh, okay. So it's, well, this could be a man or a woman. We don't know. All right. So, uh, 
sorry that we're making that assumption. So, you know, this person wishes they didn't feel the way that they do. The fact that they're saying that means they've prob- there's probably been a fantasy there. I feel like there has been a fantasy, but not one they want. So there right. is, it's an unwanted there is a lust there. There's and, a lust there. Yeah. And so I think at, at that point, like you have to, you know, continue what you're doing, like pray about it, try to like renew your mind from all right. that, which can happen with just a, a random person that you're around. It can happen from remnants of pornography. Like, you know, right. like I had to work through after, even after stopping watching pornography, where you have to continue to kind of detox your mind from those images that, that were stamped there and, and the, you know, the temptation to kind of go back to them. Um, or just seeing some random person on the street and being like, oh, like that's an attractive right. person and not one, letting your mind go to lustful places. So I think one thing you can do is every time you look at this person or any other person that you happen to find attractive, um, instead of just instantly going to this place of shame, like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person because I found someone attractive. No, you're, you're a human, so you're going to notice people sometimes. But to say, Lord, help me not to lust and mm-hmm. let this be a trigger for me to, to think about my wife and thank right. you for my wife or my husband, if this is a, a wife writing, right. um, it, it can work obviously both ways there. So so right. I see someone I'm attracted to, let that in my mind, instead of triggering lustful thoughts, to trigger thoughts about my spouse right. and say, all right, that's person I'm drawn to. So that's not my spouse. So it's going to remind me to think about my spouse and to thank right. God for my spouse and to say, I can't wait to get home to my spouse. And let all of those things, instead of fixating, because your mind, what do you say? Feast on what it fixates on? Well, I didn't on. say that. Lisa Turker said so, that, and I love it. So I don't love let that your statement. mind feast on just fixating on this person or this thought. But instead, when you have those thoughts, let it redirect you toward, right. I want to feast on thinking about my spouse, my marriage, mm-hmm. prayer, and and. And you might have to do that over and over and over again. You do. And, and he's talking about kind of a, a psychological method called association. So he's associating it. You can associate it with good things or with things not so good. Or And it's really the practice of renewing your, your mind. I mean, it really is. And I would just say you have to be so aware of where your eyes are going as well as your mind. And and so try not to be around this person. I mean, I know it's, it says you both have a relationship. So it sounds like, like they're friends. Um, you know, at church. And I would say if you're in a small group with them, you probably shouldn't be in that small group. Like it, it sounds like it's come to a point where they recognize the danger. And if it's something where if you've tried these things we're talking about, and it's just, it's just something where, I don't know, it's become this thing that you always think about. I, I do think you need to maybe have, you know, some time away, because if you can't avoid them, they're just at church at your small group, you're volunteering, whatever. It, it, it's becoming this thing that you probably need to put some even more space there because the space that you're currently trying to to put between you is is maybe not enough. And so, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to know all the details of this situation with the question that we have, but I do think that it's important to to really make sure that you don't continue entertaining any kind of fantasies, to make sure that that you keep your spouse at the forefront of your mind and even of your desire. And um, and again, don't feed those thoughts. You know, be very careful not to yeah. feed those thoughts. And uh, and that's and we and we feed it. What, what we mean by feeding is just letting it go to fantasy or even fretting. Like, don't let it become fretting or anxiety. Yeah. I mean, it's like you've heard us talk about on the episodes where we talk about anxiety and depression. It's kind of the same principle here. 
where you're fixated, okay? And and it becomes something where maybe you're not fantasizing, but you're fixated on this person and oh gosh, what if? Oh no, I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm doing this thing. It becomes like it's making, you know, it's a bird that flew over your head, like if it's a thought, but all of a sudden you're letting that thought really manifest itself, like making a permanent place in your brain. And it's like ma- like a bird making a nest in your head. And you know, you have the power. God gave you the power to tell to tell your thoughts which ones can come or I'm sorry which ones can stay and which ones need to go you can't help which random thought comes into your head but you do have that power to say you can stay or you can go but it takes practice it takes you know methods like association it takes yeah, prayer right. i mean just praying about it over and over again and um and i think where you could be honest with your spouse about this. And, um, by all means, if you feel led to tell your spouse about it, do it, it's going to be an interesting conversation. And, you know, but I, but I always think honesty is a, is obviously the best policy, but I think what would maybe even be a better conversation would be, um, you know, just telling your spouse, like, listen, I feel like mentally I'm just really struggling, um, with having my mind kind of in the right space. Would you pray for me? Would you pray that my thoughts are the thoughts that God would want me to have? Yeah, that's good. And, and that way share the the struggle with you being like in, in your world without, you know, saying something that they would only potentially hurt them. Right. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, there's definitely wisdom in that. If you want a resource that could help, because I think this is, you know, kind of probably created some anxiety, these thoughts. Um, Max Lucado has a great book called Anxious for Nothing, mm-hmm. where he gives some really practical tools about being the air traffic c- controller of the thoughts that come in and out of your mind mm-hmm. and gives some bi- very, you know, just practical biblical insight about how to how to move the wrong thoughts along. And in this case, thoughts about this other person, move them along and create space for what God wants to do. Uh, and so that could be a resource that could help. And thank you so much for your question. Um, yes. Really good stuff. And guys, thank you for listening. Um, we uh, we just are honored, honored that you've taken the time and we hope you'll share this with a friend uh, and I hope it'll spark some good conversations in your marriage and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>